All right, I wouldn't go penciling the Chargers into the Super Bowl just yet. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Uh, big news finally comes down, Perloff. Jim Harbaugh is the hire for the Los Angeles Chargers. Listen, it's a good hire. It's a great hire. He's yep. the crown jewel of this coaching hiring cycle. I just, if you will allow me, I don't think it's a fait accompli that this is going to work out the way that Charger fans may think. Ooh, I, I'm, count me as one of those Charger fans because I do not see how this doesn't work out. Explain. Okay, well, Jim Harbaugh is a proven winner. He's won every single place he's gone, going back to San Diego, Stanford. Obviously, with the 49ers, goes to the Super Bowl, almost wins. Ball in your hand, last play in the game type stuff. Loses to his brother, then goes to Michigan. Eventually, gets on track, and he goes out a winner in Michigan. Yeah, so, okay, okay. <laughs> right. I feel good as a Chargers okay. fan. Yes, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay. But the Chargers are a unique type of situation. Mm. And there are a couple things that even the best head coach does not really have control over. Even somebody who's been likely given the keys to the castle like we expect Jim Harbaugh has with the Chargers. Here's here's one thing a coach cannot control. Injuries. There is nothing a coach can do that's going to make Justin Herbert more less injury like not miss games miss third I mean, played in 13 games this year there is nothing he can do to keep Keenan Allen and Mike Williams who are still signed for another year on the field these two guys have played Keenan Allen's played 23 of 34 games uh in the last two years Mike Williams has played 16 of 34 games Joey Bosa has played 14 games over the last two years. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that a great coach can do to keep guys on the field. So that'd be my first thing. The injuries that have been a bugaboo for the Chargers, Jim Harbaugh can't do anything about that. Uh, yes, Jim Harbaugh himself can't do anything about that. But there's clearly something systematic. And we know specifically a Chargers staff member almost killed his quarterback, <laughs> yeah. that Tyrod Taylor, and that's why Justin Herbert got his first start. So there's a lot of reports out there that that Jim Harbaugh is going to bring his strength coach, who apparently is really the number two guy, not Sharon Moore in Michigan, named Ben Herbert. And the fact that his name is the same name as the quarterback, Justin Herbert, to me seems like kismet. I think there's something <laughs> okay. going on here. I think, I think you're right. Injury is luck, and the bad luck has been with the Chargers. But I do think that the way the building has been run has not facilitated good health. I think that can turn around. I mean, it's just a matter of, of time. You can't be this injured this long. Everybody, there's no franchise that's going to have 25 years of injuries. Eventually, you get lucky and you stay healthy. So this could definitely, that is not a reason to bet against Harbaugh for me. I understand the past, but he's going to get rid of some of these older players. And I, I think that 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 does not scare me as a Chargers okay, fan. What I'm else you got? I'm just saying, these are things that a head coach has no control over well, to I me. And this is why Jim Harbaugh, yeah. this is not a 100% slam dunk that this is going to work. They are, this guy, Ben Herbert, I was reading about him last night, is supposed to be the man. He is the, Harbaugh's right hand, and he works these guys. And one of the reasons that Michigan got so good was because of their weight room. So maybe they get into better shape, they do more injury prevention things. I think you can exert a little control over that. Okay, they're also just on that point, which I wasn't going to bring up, but since you brought it up, I know this because I know some trainers who work in this area. Yeah. It is a very different job to be a college trainer mm -hmm. than to be a professional trainer. Because, first of all, a lot of the pros have their own guys. Mm -hmm. And so 
some of them don't want to listen to your off-season workout plans or things like that because they've got their own tailored workout plan. Okay. Um, and in college, nobody's got their own tailored workout plan. They're all going to follow you. It's a lot easier to get buy-in in that area in college than it is the pros. Okay, that's yeah, a little yeah. digression there. You, sh- you say no to Ben Herbert and Jim Harbaugh when they walk <laughs> in that way. No Those guys are going to come in no. and you're going to do what they say, but go ahead. <laughs> I get a six-pack, finally. Um, okay, another thing that Jim Harbaugh is now taking over for the LA Chargers, great hire, but a couple of holes I could just poke in this thing. $45 million over the salary cap in 2024. It's a sign of a bad, a team that's been run poorly that your quarterback salary, the big, big kahuna, hasn't even kicked in yet, and you're already way over the cap. That's the <laughs> end you haven't won. Like, it's not, it's not like you're winning. This isn't the Seattle Seahawks who mm-hmm. are winning with Russell Wilson on a rookie contract way back in the day and just paying everybody on the defense. You're $45 million over the cap, and Justin Herbert doesn't even get expensive until 2025. Like, his cap hit... This upcoming season is $19 million. It doesn't spike to 37, then 47, mm-hmm. then 58, then 71. We haven't even gotten to the expense of Herbert years yet. And you're still in salary cap hell. Yeah. I and mean, you haven't won a damn thing. The word dead cap is a little too ominous for me, but they're going to have a lot of it. They're yeah. going to, you're, so you're going to have to make some tough decisions. You're going to have to get rid of Cleo Mack, but Cleo Mack is one mid, of the guys who stays healthy. He's in his mid 30s. I mean, First of all, Mike Williams, just get rid of him. You can make some immediate huge cuts. Mike Williams coming off an ACL, former first-round pick wide receiver. He's gone. Max has gone. Bosa could be gone because he can't stay healthy either. You're going to get young. That's a reality of this, but there's still a lot of talent in the building, even if you get rid of those old guys. Okay, I'm just saying that's that's a lot of gymnastics for a team that just gave Jim Harbaugh all the power, and you haven't even hired a GM yet. So, okay, you got some things to work out here with this salary cap. Also... When you look back at the 49ers' great run, I think one of the things that Jim Harbaugh gets a lot of credit for, and rightfully so, is he is really good at putting other good coaches around him. I think John Harbaugh is good at this, too. Yep. And the, this was this was the tandem for the great run in San Francisco where they made three straight NFC Championship games. Vic Fangio and Greg Roman. Yeah, and who's both who are available. You know, Vic Fangio just got hired by your Philadelphia. Not done yet, is it? Okay, well, I mean, this feels so far down the line that it basically got reported while the Nick Sirianni is doing his press conference yesterday. That's okay. And if Vic Fangio actually wants to be like close to his family who's in Pennsylvania, going to Los Angeles as opposed to Philly doesn't really <laughs> satisfy that. Okay. Uh, and then Greg Roman, who ooh. is out there, but is Greg Roman the right offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert? He's not a running quarterback like Colin Kaepernick. Josh Allen was with Greg yeah. Roman. Lamar Jackson was with Greg Roman. That's not Justin Herbert. I'm not a big Greg Roman fan, and I know you are not not either. It feels like he kind of wears down his quarterbacks. Uh, that being said, there's a lot of options. Vic Fangio is probably a lot different coach than he was in 2010 in San Francisco. You, there's a million Vic Fangio clones out there. Just hire yeah. one of those. Okay, I'm not you worried. just had one this season. How'd it go for your Eagles? Uh, it wasn't great. Uh, but, you know, Jonathan Gannon was okay in Arizona. He's a Vic Fangio guy as well. I, I'm not worried about that. You're right. They do have a great skill of finding coordinators, so there's no reason they can't find more here. So that's not that's not scary. They got Jim Harbaugh walking around. What do you care about your coordinators? All right, and then I'm going to bring up the final yeah. point. Of and why... then, by the way, I'm going to I'm going to counter all of this okay. and tell you why this. I'm buying a Chargers hat tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm surprised you didn't walk <laughs> oh, in great. with one. Another bandwagon for you. Um, this is Jim Harbaugh being hired by the Chargers. I'm poking some holes in this because everyone says, "Oh, this is the slam dunk hire. What could go wrong?" You know, basically red carpet right to the to the Super Bowl. 
there's a reason why it hasn't worked out with the Spanos family. We talk about Jerry Jones and something mm-hmm. being sort of off in the building. The Spanos family might not be doing weekly radio hits on, you know, LA, KTLA or whatever, but <laughs> they are a, an issue. And mm-hmm. either they're the type of ownership family, and I know the fans in San Diego absolutely despise them because they moved the team, but they're the type of family that can never get it right. They do nothing when you need to do something, and they do something when you should do nothing. This is the most infuriating type of owner to mm-hmm. have because they'll sit on their hands when clearly changes need to be made, and then they'll overreact when change is not needed, like firing Marty Schottheimer after a 14-2 and two season. Yet you let other things crumble in the building and sit by and do nothing. It is infuriating to have ownership like that, and this is the type of ownership that they have. So there's a reason why the term chargering exists. (laughs) This is because they lose in close games. That's part of it. But also because something is off in the building. And Jim Harbaugh, good luck to you. Because maybe he's the guy to turn it around. But you've got years and years and decades of history that would tell you that this is not an absolute given. That's why this is the best hire. Because you needed a guy who was going to answer to no one to bring in. This is why the Cowboys should have gone for Jim Harbaugh. Because Jim Harbaugh does not care about the owner. He does not care about the GM. He is going to run the show. This is perfect. Get a guy who can totally box out the Spanoses. And I hate to say it, they made a good decision here. So this was their decision. And they After wooed him. After three bad ones. I well, mean- right. But they wooed him and said, they were smart enough to realize we're going to give the one coach who wants total control. The reason the Vikings and all these other teams didn't hire Harbaugh is because Harbaugh said, it's going to be my way or the highway. Right. So the Spanoses are smart. They said, okay, we realize being interventionist owners doesn't work. We're going to give this job to the one coach who is not going to listen to the owners. Harbaugh is, is not going to listen to the Spanoses. And if, if they're going to say stuff. To, it's probably why it will only last four or five years. Right. Because he's going to drive them nuts. Because he is not <laughs> going to let them influence the team. Well, I was wondering. He signed a five-year deal reportedly yeah. for yeah. Adam Schefter. Does he see the end of that deal? Probably not. Well, I mean, he does. He just said nine years in Michigan. He does. And I'll tell you why. What? Because he will be in a Super Bowl in that in that we, and by the way, it could happen fast. And I'll tell you why. First of all, Jim Harbaugh, if anything, is an opportunist. He knows a good situation when he sees that one. Is true. He's leaving Michigan right as all the good players leave and gigantic NCAA violations come down. And, and he's, he just won a title. And he had and he won a title. So he's he looked at the landscape of the NFL and obviously the, you know, you'll admit Justin Herbert's sitting there. So he gets his quarterback. Not only does he get his quarterback, he is uh Entering a team that has talent everywhere and the easiest schedule in the NFL. They're technically fifth in the strength of schedule, but the way the teams around them that they're playing, they play no one next year. Except it's for the Chiefs, Pearl off. The I mean, Chiefs, you have the you have you have they, Michael Jordan in your division. You have the you know Bowser. The Chief, but the Chiefs have a first place schedule where the Chargers get a lot of Titans. Uh, they play the NFC South, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans. They are winning double-digit games easily this year. He came into San Francisco with, with just as lost as the Chargers are. The, the San Francisco, after Bill Walsh, went into 15 years of complete, uh, utter mediocrity or worse. Then he came in, won 13-3 and his, his first year. That could happen again this year. I'm telling you, he is, he's going to whoop this schedule. And the fact that Denver and Vegas are not good. Uh, who are the quarterbacks? Who's the quarterback you're playing for either of those teams? 
There's no he's going to be able to beat those teams. And the Chiefs, guess what? The Chiefs are not are not ascending. They are descending. Travis Kelsey could retire. Oh, uh, well, you can't say that when they have they Mahomes are and descending. Reed. There is no that you saw it this People year. They took the a Chiefs major back, step back, and they're in the AFC Championship game. This is what a they step back the, for the Chiefs looks like. They're they just one lost, game away from the Super Bowl. They lost to the Raiders this year. You're telling me this is a Chiefs team <laughs> that happens. Take Travis out of that picture, and I'm telling you right now that the, this AFC okay. West is more wide open. And the the problem is the AFC playoffs are going to be really tight, but they're making it. They're they're winning double digit games right here. Okay, Harbaugh's so how no far dummy. are they going? Say if you think this is such a great hire, say it right now. I think they're going to be twelve and five and get to the divisional round at and least lose in the divisional round. Well, the problem with the AFC playoffs is going to be an incredible battle royale next yeah. year. You're going to have the Ravens, the Chiefs. Uh, I I do, but that's pretty good. I mean, I'm I'm guaranteeing you twelve wins, maybe thirteen. I'm telling you, this Chargers team is going to win a ton of games. Harbaugh, Harbaugh's strength is he gets in there and he helps the quarterback by running the ball and by playing good defense. Now look at their offense. They have a great offensive line already. Rashawn Slater is a star at left tackle. They have this kid, Zion Johnson, at guard. And they sit at number five to get another superstar right tackle. They are going to have this great offensive line and control the ball. And hopefully they'll have some talented players left on defense after the salary cap cuts. This is setting up beautifully for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, this sounds very much like the conversation we had when Sean Payton was hired. And it was Sean Payton <laughs> was going to go into Denver, yeah. and this is perfect because he's going to coach another short quarterback that's going to, you know, Russell Wilson's like Drew Brees, the smaller guys. He's going to fix it and look at all the talent. And then they went on a spending spree. That was different. Mm-hmm. They went on a spending spree in free agency. And... It couldn't have been more dysfunctional as we learned despite a five-game winning streak in the middle of the season. It turned out everything was just crumbling behind the scenes. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think the talent level is the same. I I think the Broncos have a very overrated roster. Okay, but here's the thing, right? We said this was going to be a no-doubter. And we all convinced ourselves this was going to be a no-doubter. And it made sense on paper. Sometimes these things don't always come to fruition. I'm just saying there's a couple things you can't overcome. Injury history, Chargers history, owners of the team. Be very hard for any coach, even Jim Harbaugh, the amazing Jim Harbaugh. This is a lot stacked up against him. At least the 49ers did have a winning pedigree. I mean, you had to squint to see it, but it was still there. I, I'm predicting they, they win the division. They're going to they're gonna take the Chiefs this year. Wow. Uh, Are we writing all this stuff down? Yes, and I'll tell you why. The Chiefs... I'm just looking at the schedule. The Chiefs get basically the Houston Texans and the Buffalo Bills, whereas the Chargers are going to get the Titans and the New England Patriots. This last place schedule is going to be such a boon for Harbaugh. He's going to be able to learn on the fly, and he's just an instant success guy. It doesn't this history thing. What team did he take over that had good history? The Niners were a mess. Stanford had never won anything. He was at the University of San Diego, not the good San Diego, right. not the Marshall Falk San Diego. The University of San Diego won there. And then at Michigan, Michigan got killed by Ohio State for two decades straight. And he came in and completely changed it. Well, this is He wait, is a wait, total wait. culture not, changer. Let's not rewrite the history of what happened. Harbaugh came in, struggled, could not beat Ohio State, had to basically needed Urban Meyer to get fired slash retire, had to start stealing signs, and then got a lot better. It took four years, <laughs> but you have to admit it looked like they Michigan. Him out. It looked like Michigan was never going to beat Ohio State, and he flipped that rivalry. I mean, 
I, I understand what you're saying. A but couple bottom things line, had to happen. That's like you're yada yadaing over a little bit there. But it's still an incredible feat that they beat Ohio State. If I told you in 2017 Michigan was going to have a three-game win streak over Ohio State, you would have laughed. He is a total culture changer. He, I mean, that's a cliche that I don't really love. He's that guy. And I really, getting back to your point, I think he's the one coach who can keep the Spanoses off this team. <laughs> he, stiff arm him? Yeah, I, I think he is. They're, they're really lucky to get him. There are a lot of teams that could have had the same situation. Uh, and I think he wanted California. I think LA is attracted to him. Man, this is a A-plus hire, a home run, and it's going to be instantly successful. Well, we want to hear from you. 855-212-4CBS. Perloff says instantly successful. I'm more dubious because of some of the obstacles facing you when you are the Chargers head coach. Again, 855-212-4CBS. Jay Bernal's in our chat if you want to watch the show. Jim Harbaugh will build a wagon in L.A. the same way he did in San Francisco a decade ago and the same way he did at Michigan. The Chargers fans deserve to be ecstatic because this will be a success. Well, I love that term, build a wagon. I don't see it the same way. Hear from you, 855-212-4227. We say good morning to our incredible CBS Sports Radio affiliates who we just adore. You can listen to the show on Sirius XM Channel 158 or the absolutely free to download Odyssey app, which is crystal clear if you're driving through back roads or what have you. This thing is dynamite. Coming up, who has the edge when it comes to the Niners and the Lions? We're breaking down that matchup next. It's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Stream the NFL and Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. So welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. I was so excited when the Chargers signed Jim Harbaugh. Because I've always wanted to wear powder blue. It's my favorite uniform. And now that now that they have Harbaugh, I'm full on that Chargers bandwagon. Add me. I don't know. Are you counting how many bandwagons I'm on? I, we lost count like five bandwagons ago. And you're wearing sort of a lavender powder blue right now. I feel like... This was in no way because of Jim Harbaugh signing. I wanted him for the Bills. You guys know that. They, they yes. want to make it a change. But I'm just saying you have things that you cannot... That, that any head coach is going to be hard for mm-hmm. them to overcome... Whether it's Harbaugh, Belichick, whatever been any of these guys, which is your roster gets injured a lot. You are $45 million over the salary cap in yeah. your big quarterback contract hasn't even kicked in yet. And you have a meddling ownership family. Who's got it better than us? <laughs> Let's go. Well, Jim Harbaugh didn't care about any of that. Ohio you State. kidding me? He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This dude took the Michigan team that was kind of in the, they had no chance for, for 30 years and won a title. All that history does not matter. And look at look at the Lions. I mean, they beat history, too. Eventually, history changes. This is the time. This is the perfect hire. And you're right. The Bills, the Eagles, the Cowboys, they all should have gone after Harbaugh with everything they had. But the Chargers got them. And it's rare to say the Chargers are lucky. I think the Chargers got lucky this time. <laughs> we don't usually put those two words together, Chargers and lucky. And the one thing about Michigan... Let's not pretend like Michigan wasn't still a blue blood. I know they had fallen on hard times with Brady Hoke and with Rich Rodriguez, but they were still always this sort of sleeping giant. We'll talk more about the Michigan side of this and how it impacts uh, the they Wolverines. They lost 17 of 18 to Ohio State. No, I get that, but it's not like they weren't getting any recruits. They had, last time they had won a national championship was 1997. It wasn't 1977. Like, it, you still had... Good talent who was going to Michigan. Yes, they were losing to Ohio State, but they weren't 
total bottomed out. They weren't winning two games and three games and stuff like that. The Final Four started in 2014, and until Har- Harbaugh got there, they didn't even come close. Now, I, I, I disagree with that. I think Harbaugh turned that around pretty pretty radically, and I think he's going to do the same thing here. In the chat, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio War, Bucky Cheese says, they're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together ooky, the Spanos family. <laughs> Are they scary? They're meddling. Dean Spanos, Dean Spanos could walk in today, and I wouldn't know. Yeah, I have no idea what he looks like or who he is. But maybe some vampire vibe. I got to be honest, because the Chargers are sort of a loss for there's no fans, there's really no media who covers them. So the Spanoses are quite mysterious. Uh, we just generally they're always talked about negatively in NFL circles without really knowing many of the details. Again, they're the type of ownership group where they do nothing when you need to do something, and yeah. they do something when you should do nothing, and it's infuriating. They are, and also we've heard this from many fans. Like San Diego hates the Chargers now. Yeah, we're on. And L.A. has not embraced the Chargers yet. I'm curious if that changes with Jim Harbaugh there. But it is an odd NFL franchise because they're kind of – they're a bit homeless. Like, even these home games are not Chargers home games. No, there are – it is – yes, it's a road game for them every time (laughs) they're home. I wonder if Jim Harbaugh changes that. I mean, that's why, from the Spanos angle, this was a no-brainer. You had no choice. You had to bring in this guy because you're competing with the Rams in L.A. and it doesn't seem like anybody cared. We're going to break down the 49ers and the Lions in a minute. Rich, though, is in Chicago. Good morning, Rich. What's up? Hey, guys and gals. I was going to throw this out there. It's kind of ironic that Harbaugh ended up in San Diego. I think I mentioned this to you guys some time back, that the Bears were wooing him really hard when Eberflus was dead man walking in the first 10 games. Yep. He pulled it out. Bears got hot. Fired the defensive coordinator in season. Then he fired five coaches at, at the end of the season, including his offensive coordinator, uh, just to save his own job for next year. But, or you know, a lot of people are disappointed that he's not here, being an ex-Bear player as well. But yeah. here's, here's, here's the reason. By the way, Bear's making a huge mistake that they didn't just go all the way and clear out Eberflus, too. And it's, it's, yeah. it, it, it's a terrible way to have to hire coordinators when you've got basically yeah. a lame duck head coach. The Bears are making the same mistakes they always make. They do, but here's the thing. Yeah. Here, here's why I'm kind of between and betwixt between you and Perloff on the assessment of the Chargers. I think I think they're going to be a tremendous, but in a two- or three-year window, and here's why. A lot of people don't realize, and I had to dig this out because it surprised me, they have compensatory picks coming to them for losing a couple of free agents last year that will kick in for 2024. And they're drafting fifth in order this year right. with their 5-12 and 12 record. So they can load up on draft picks. And something that, when you talk about compensatory, this shocked me. They have, they'll get more compensatory. They have 20 free agents. So when they're over the cap, when they're done with, with basically breaking down the over-the-hill big money guys – like, you know, Mac is one. Yeah. The receiver you pointed out is another. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, they're both yeah. getting paid a ton. Eckler's gone. Well, Rich, you know, here's here's another thing, and I'm glad you brought up the yeah. draft part of this. And, yeah. Rich, great to hear from you. Thank you. I'm glad you brought up the draft part because this is a place maybe where I will give it to you that Jim Harbaugh might have an advantage. You're coming from college yeah. where you just watched all of these great college players mm-hmm. up close. I mean, Harbaugh's going to be making these picks, right? 
Probably. I mean, they they had some. I I read a story. They had some trouble drafting in San Francisco after that initial flurry. They got Alden Smith, who was amazing. Yeah, it was a then, lot of injured players. Yeah. No, no, they got they 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 started to bomb. Trent Balky took over their drafts, and yeah. they really started to fail. I think that's why Harbaugh got out of there. But he does know the players. Here's the thing: they sit at number five, and what? Who's the one player they need? I mean, it's obvious. Anybody? They need Marvin Harrison Jr. Everybody needs Marvin Harrison Jr. Can you get him at five? Do you even have to trade up to get him? Or do you just play it safe and do right tackle? But that's a great spot for him to be in. Here's the thing. Chicago, L.A., name a better quarterback developer than Jim Harbaugh. He's had such success with quarterbacks that I think I think every team should have gone for him. Uh, Chicago should have. You're absolutely right. This Eberflus solution is not going to work. Although Shane Waldron, their new offense coordinator, doesn't matter. He's They're pretty, all going to be out. He's pretty good. I got to tell you, he's he is not bad. So uh, anyway, regardless, you're right. Chicago should have gone all in for Harbaugh. I totally agree with that. But LA got him. That's why you should be excited. More excited for this hire. I am excited. Listen, even if it doesn't work out, you justify the process. Of course, you know they had to do it. I, I just think there's some potential stumbling blocks along the way. All right, we will get into this uh, Niners Lions game. Peter Schwartz is here with an update for us. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Maggie. And we are sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly seven hundred and fifty dollars on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. After guiding his alma mater, Michigan, to a national championship, Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL. After agreeing to a five-year deal with the Los Angeles Chargers, Harbaugh racked up an 86-75 and record over his nine seasons at Michigan. Prior to that, he was the head coach of the 49ers for four seasons, guided San Francisco to a 44-19-1 record as well as an appearance in Super Bowl 47. In that game, he lost to his brother, John Harbaugh, and the Ravens, and they'll meet in the 2024 season. Chargers and Ravens will um, hook up at SoFi Stadium. Okay, so how Where cute, everybody will be rooting for the Ravens. How cute is, is the NFL going to get with this one? Season opener? Sunday night? Somewhere? I mean, you probably week one this thing, right? Someone said Thanksgiving. Uh, a little homecoming game, Harbaugh. Yeah, all right. Who's I mean, got it, it better than us? Turkey. It'd be, be, it'd <laughs> more, turkey it'd be much more convenient for the Harbaugh's. I would write Goodell and say, you know, if we could do this at Thanksgiving, <laughs> everybody's together, John and Jim and Wait, the Jack. What day is Christmas this year? I mean, they basically play on every holiday. Yeah, they play. <laughs> it'd be nicer. Uh, but wait, do you say it'd be the opener? Uh, Could have. I mean, well, don't they have well, the to put Sunday, the Super Bowl? Well, you mean the Sunday night opener? I'm the, saying the, week one. Like, right, the right. Thursday night opener has to be the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Well, I'm just right. connecting some dots here yeah. because it's Super Ravens Bowl champ. Am I just hearing a prediction from Maggie Gray <laughs> that oh, it's going to. Oh, there we, you go. Are, are they, we saying John Harbaugh wins it all? I mean, I've been telling you guys, I think the Ravens are the be best home. team. They would have to be home. Oh, that's Generally, there was only the one. Difference and it was actually involved the Ravens. Yeah, because of a uh, Jewish could, holiday. Um, no, I think because the Orioles oh. wouldn't move their game. <laughs> I, I think that was the case the last time the Ravens won the Super yeah, Bowl. That was the case. Yeah, they didn't that. get the opener for the next no, day. No, they had an opener, but yeah. it, they were on the road. They couldn't oh. host the opener because the Orioles, I guess Peter Angelos, wouldn't move his game. Yeah. To the afternoon or reschedule it. Well, and everyone they... who knows Peter Angelos knows he's a reasonable guy. Very. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got a great yeah. reputation there in Baltimore. But I think you could have the same <laughs> thing happen again. I, I think the NFL is going to get cute on this one. They want a big rating. They want Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. I'd do it early. Uh, that being said, if they could, if Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are still together, we're going to see them week <laughs> one, week two, every week. Yeah. 
with Harbaugh now with the Chargers. Michigan reportedly focusing on naming offensive coordinator and offensive line coach Sharon Moore as their new head coach. Moore was the Wolverines head coach for four games this past season when Harbaugh was suspended, including the final three of the regular season. Uh, the Raiders formally introduced new general manager Tom Telesco as well as new head coach Antonio Pierce at a press conference yesterday. Telesco pumped up to be working with Pierce. You know, I'm really excited to partner with AP right here. Um, you know, you can tell in the interview, right, it was really my interview, um, but you could tell, like, he has that leadership trait that a head coach has to have. And it's really, to me, it feels more like, you know, not so much follow me, but join me which I like in football because um, he's right in it with, with the rest of us. Um, and I think, you know, the, your football team takes on the identity of your head coach. And that's what we're going to have here. That's what we're going to build around. Um, I'm excited to start this partnership. I, again, I think Tom Telesco is just happy he gets another job. <laughs> again, we're talking about the Chargers, the team. Jim Harbaugh is taking over. How are you $45 million over the salary cap when you're not paying your quarterback and you stink? It's terrible management. It's just awful. Like terrible. you should at least have yeah. something to show for it, which is not a you know one of the biggest collapses in playoff history against the Jags last year. He made he has made a lot better draft picks than the Raiders in the last ten years. So I'll give him that. Well, he needs to get a it's quarterback. Kind of a, low, kind of a low bar. He though. needs to get a quarterback. <laughs> when the last time when the Chargers were drafting a quarterback, they said eh, Tua or Herbert, whoever falls to him, <laughs> we're so, cool. It worked so, out. Uh, by the way, I got yeah, very like lucky in that regard. Yeah, they did. Really? Tua just led the league in passing. He would have killed it with that dude in L.A. But regardless, I mean. If, if I gave you Tua or Herbert next five years. Who I take you? Herbert, but yeah. Tua probably would have led the league in passing with the Chargers. That off the line got crushed last year. Tua, in all the injuries he dealt with, all the injuries they had mm. in 2022, that, like, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't, I don't think he'd be the Charger quarterback. I mean, Justin Herbert only survived 13 games. Right. And that dude's like one of the toughest guys. Like, remember two years ago, it basically broke his rib yeah, against the Yeah, Tua behind the that offensive line is scary. The Dolphins actually have a good offensive line. I just think uh, two in warm weather, I'm okay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Good him. point. Closer to Hawaii, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, regardless, you get, they got Justin Herbert, so you can't kill Telesco for that pick just because he said afterwards that uh, he would have taken Tua. I love it. Tua closer to Hawaii. Like, he didn't play at Alabama. <laughs> like, he's been away from home for a long time. Well, warm weather, though, Alabama. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you saw, I mean, he had wanted no part of the cold the second half of the season. Anyway. Oh, Pierce was elevated to head coach after serving in an interim role after the firing of Josh McDaniels during the season. Pierce was 5-4. and four. After taking over, he believes he'll work well with Telesco. I think as this relationship grows, like anything else, you know, it's going to have its ups and downs. Uh, we got to be adults and grown men about it. We got to hash it out. Uh, we got to understand our roles, check our egos at the door like we do everybody else in the building, but understand that we got a plan. And that plan is to do it together, be hand-in-hand hand with it. I mean, obviously, if he goes down, I go down. That's just how it is. That's the nature of the beast. We get it. Oh, man. Yeah. I love <laughs> this guy. It's, well, that's quite the bedside manner, you know? Listen, I think it's probably refreshing for a lot of people. It's like, hey, we're going to have confrontations. Like, I'm, we're, we're going to fight. And the idea that he's like, hey, we sucked and we're going to get fired. And just no understand. I think the fact, I think that's why the players love him so much. Because he speaks in very plain talk. Like, right. he's not someone who's trying to BS you. Yeah, but, I mean, that's. That's sometimes the way it goes, but not always. And that's where you, I think you get a lot of infighting and backbiting that happens between coaches and GMs because one guy doesn't want to be tethered to the other guy. He doesn't want, hey, if this guy stinks at his job, I don't want it to reflect on me. Judge me for my own performance, not because the GM sucked or the coach sucked. I know. It's, I mean, and whenever you do this, hire the coach for the GM thing, it's always skeptical. Always but 
I will say, watching that presser, it felt like those two really were. They, they they look like they could be a buddy cop movie. I mean, they really, <laughs> they really, the vibes were immaculate. That's what we like to say. I mean, it was it was something that I don't know vibes equal wins, but if you were a Raider fan, you probably had to like what you heard. Well, yeah. we just met for the first time on Monday, so I mean, let's let's yeah, let's pump the brakes on Honey the kumbaya phase. moment yeah. that they had yesterday. So. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, you are. Yeah, I don't know. Do they have Tim, name tags? Do they have name tags? Tom. Oh, Tom Telesco. Yeah, I don't know if you combine Bill Belichick with the best GM in the world, that Raiders you know, franchise, I just don't see it working because it's the Raiders. And I like Antonio Pierce, too. He's got this Dan Campbell thing going on. Can you guys envision this working? Just my general default is, ooh, I Mark s- Davis and the Raiders are not going to work. Need to see who the quarterback is. I need to see the rest of the staff, too. But even so, say they get a good quarterback. Do you see a Super Bowl team here? Anytime uh, near? Maybe. I mean, you're talking about Jim bar- Harbaugh taking over the Chargers and, yeah. and their fortunes changing. If you really hit it out of the park with a with the quarterback, why not? And is that the because, bar for the Raiders? Because of the organization. That's yeah. why not. Well, it's an obstacle. That's for sure. The uh, Falcons interviewed former Titans head coach Mike Vrabel for their head coaching vacancy. Vrabel will meet today with the Carolina Panthers. Now to the NBA, an emotional night for the Warriors. Curry with a dribble outside off the uh, successful challenge, and he buries a triple topside. It's his fifth three of the night. 124-104, and the Warriors have broken it open here with 5-12 to go. And there's the can opening. Tom Tobert says this one is in the beer cooler. Kind of a subdued Tim yeah. Roy there on Warriors Radio. Yeah, the, what the heck's going on there? Yeah, yeah. I can, though. Well, the Warriors beat the Hawks 134-112. They return to game action for the first time since the passing of assistant coach Dejan Milejevic last week. Steph Curry led the way with 25 points. Coach challenged us to kind of utilize all those emotions and get lost in the game. Uh, you know, it was, it was weird at first, but this is our sanctuary. And the competition, like we know Decky would love nothing more than to see us go out there, compete, and have fun as best we can. And it feels really good to, to get a win. Curry, courtesy of NBC Sports Bay Area, obviously a tough night for the Warriors getting back on the court, but uh, they do their late assistant coach Pratt with a big win. Yeah, listen, I don't like to say, you know, life, real life is not a movie, and I think I don't want to overstate, but the Warriors hadn't been really playing well, and it seemed they were kind of aimless. Does a tragedy like this pull people together? Again, real life is not a movie, so I don't want to make mm-hmm. the Disneyify a tragedy that happened, but maybe this is a rallying cry for them. I, I have no idea. I'm not sure. This looks like a season that's going pretty down, it's kind of yeah. spiraling, and, and you never want something like this awful thing to happen, but mm. it just almost felt like even more bad luck for the Warriors. I kind of assume the Warriors, like the Lakers, are just waiting till closer to the end of the season to turn it on for the playoffs. Like the so? Lakers last year, right? too late. I remember, the Lakers were way worse last year, and they made the conference finals. That's true. I, I feel like the Warriors, you, you know, you do bring up a good point. Like, the, the Warriors just... Didn't feel inspired. And now I thought they were going to turn on naturally as the playoffs come along, right? It's the NBA. It's a gigantic season. You got to load manage. Um, so <laughs> well, the NBA is trying to really guard against that, but sure. The uh, the Bucks beat the Cavaliers 126 116. Giannis Antetokounmpo with a triple double, 35 points, 18 boards, 10 assists. Said he was stunned to hear of the firing of head coach Adrian Griffin. <laughs> For a coach like uh, Griffin, I think from day one, was everything was about togetherness was always leading this group, um, you know, into the direction that we set in the beginning of the year. And him not being here at the end of the day, you know, like, uh, we're human. It's, it, it, 
it hurts. <laughs> that is Arambo. That is cold blooded. <laughs> they were literally dancing on the court last night. And literally. I, and when I said they were unlikable, I was a crazy guy. <laughs> that was BS. That is Giannis. just outright <laughs> lies. I mean, just own it. I mean, we were talking about accountability and how this is now on the superstars to, you know, make up for this. Like, just own it. Say it wasn't working out. Yeah, I agree with you guys. He might be lying, but it's still adorable. I don't. I, I can say <laughs> nothing wrong about Giannis. Pete, if we if we play that sound bite backwards, do you think like there's a message in there like we hated him and we wanted to get him fired? Paul McCartney's <laughs> dead. I, yeah. I don't. Show me a superstar. You who's don't not need gonna... to play it backwards. Play it <laughs> forwards. They're literally like shimmying on the court as they're yeah. coming out to play. Show me the NBA superstar who's not getting a coach fired. It's part of the job. I don't know. <laughs> That's I mean, two for you're not going to have any heroes left if you only want guys who aren't going to get their coach fired. I mean, and, then dan- and then dancing on the court. That was, I, look, I, I have a lot of respect for Giannis Antetokounmpo and Dame Lillard. That was one of the corniest things I've ever seen. The fact that those guys threw themselves to have a chore- choreographed dance <laughs> after your coach got fired. Like LeBron's fired like five coaches, and he doesn't act like that. Well, and if I he mean, did, we'd absolutely <laughs> roast him for it, and he'd be enemy number one. Yeah. They were basically doing some kind of conga line. I don't even know what that one's called. It was called. like a gritty plus a conga line uh, wait, plus right. like a dance circle. And the hustle was mixed in there. Don't tell me LeBron <laughs> is a stranger to corny dances, though. LeBron does as many corny things as any star no, ever. LeBron will shiv a coach and be like, yeah, that guy sucked. And that's why we got Had to make a change. Here. So you guys like the openness yes. about... Yeah, it's just in like... In like to get him out of here. Like, these guys are like Hall of Famers. You're dancing because your coach got fired? <laughs> Last year, it was, oh, you know, there's no there's no failure in sports when he was talking about losing to an eighth seed. It's levels. And, yeah, and then you you uh, you uh get your coach fired because you didn't meet expectations, and now it's, oh, we're going to dance on his grave? Like, what's, what are, what is going on? What is with these guys? I'm with EJ on this one. I, that was, I that wanna, was real. That was a real class. I just want to keep a list of of people that you guys are criticizing. So we got Giannis, we got Tua, we got Dame Lillard. These are the nicest people in sports. Well, you guys got to go after the bad guys, not the good yeah, guys. I have five just like them. <laughs> Tua? What yeah, did they say? Yeah, the yeah, Herbert yeah. One of those names definitely did not belong. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to say I, Well, that's just this morning. There was some anti-Tua slander. EJ and I were the only people who still thought the Dolphins were dangerous at the end of the season. True. Boy, were we wrong. I'm wow. trying to figure out a way to get Joey Votto's name into the update. See what Pete says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Joey Votto. <laughs> Wait, I now heard a rumor. A you know, like Joey Votto is the single funniest, most likable athlete in the country. No, what the not. heck is your problem with Joey Votto? Well, first of all, he's Canadian, so not in this country. Yeah. Well. He plays in this country. Yeah. With Joey Votto? Uh, no, just too much. Like, <laughs> oh, you think it's phony? Him. Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> there was a few years ago where he was uh, fighting with fans in the crowd. Um, Pete, is uh, Joey Votto a Hall of Famer? No. <laughs> wow. What's his batting average? Oh, I mean, I had to deal with Chase Utley getting 22%, and then someone saying, oh, hey, he's a Hall of Famer, and then now Joey Votto. 22%? I mean, <laughs> Chase is on his way. Oh. I, I hate the voting. Chase Utley and Joey Votto are the exact opposite of the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves Joey Votto. Everyone hates Chase Utley, but Pilati. <laughs> Oh man! But oh. you guys, uh, I do like this. I, I, it just you guys need to own this. You have a big problem with Giannis right now. We definitely. Yeah, he, yeah I said I called him a diva right yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I'm a sucker I, I for a Disney care. movie, and I, I watch that series where Giannis was growing up in Greece, and he could do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> I, I can't hate a player that I worked so hard to try and figure out how to pronounce his name. Oh, now you gotta like him. So now I like him. Like that, I could, I can smoothly say his name. <laughs> so there's no hatred whatsoever. And he can never... Kumumbo. 
Also, he can never leave now because now you got it right. nailed down. So he's got to play for at least another twenty years. <laughs> right, that's right. it. To, that's it. To from justify maybe, the amount of work right, he put in. Right, absolutely. Let me just uh, get to the Australian Open. American Coco Goff lost to Arena Sabalenka in straight sets. And one note on the NHL last night in Toronto: Jets and Leafs scoreless in overtime. Robertson with a couple of elusive moves gets it into the corner. Centering pass. They score. They score. Austin Matthews wins the game. That was Joe Bowen on Maple Leafs Radio. Austin Matthews, his NHL leading 39th goal of the season, and the Leafs beat the Jets 1-0. Peter, thank you so much. Coming up, we've been teasing it. Well, they're going to do it. We're going to break down Lions 49ers bit by bit. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Jerry Goff. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Okay, we're going to quickly go through the 49ers-Lions matchup. Perloff, we're going to go bit by bit here, head to head. You ready? Okay, let's go. Let's start with the quarterback. Brock Purdy, Jared Goff. Who's got the edge? Great. So we're, I'm have to decide which Spider-Man in the Spider-Man <laughs> meme is better. I get Brock Purdy because of the mobility. People underrate the the uh, fact that he can run and get a key first down. Jared Goff's not running for anything. Okay. I'm going to go with Goff simply because if you get to Purdy early and he makes a mistake early, yeah. I think it gets in his head. Yeah. I think Goff has a little better of a chance to rebound from a bad play. Say it's a interception early, even a pick six. I think that Goff can get that. That could really throw Purdy off for the rest of the game. Definitely. Uh, okay, let's go to the skill position players here. Wide receivers, running backs. I'm going to go against the grain here and pick the Detroit Lions because, first of all, I have to because I'm the world's biggest Amon Ross St. Brown fan. <laughs> yeah, you are. And also, it's the Jameer Gibbs-David Montgomery combo. Listen, Christian McCaffrey's on the other side. I'm well aware. Legit MVP candidate. I got to tell you right now, San Francisco got run all over by Aaron Jones. And this Jameer Gibbs-David Montgomery combo is going to be a problem for them. And I think the receivers are really good on Detroit. I'm counting Debo out. So you take Debo out and the 49ers, great skill position players, just got a little more normal. Can't count Debo out. The latest is he felt good, was running a little bit of practice. They're going to have a full practice today. I'm assuming he's not going to participate much in it. But I think Debo's going to be out there, even limited. That's why I'm going to take San Francisco skill position players. Kittle, Hall of Famer. Yep. McCaffrey, Hall of Famer. Debo, Borderline Hall Amazing. of Famer. Yeah. Even, and then if things break down, look at Purdy able to get to, like, Juwan Jennings and find Chris Conley. Love Juwan Jennings. Yeah. He's actually, he made me pause on this. But do I get one of the eligible offensive linemen as a skill position <laughs> yeah. player? Or is that going to be have... too I Do I get Dan Skipper or Taylor Decker? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I got the big guys back. Yes, because I get Kyle Juszczyk, so I get the oh, fullback touchdown. Oh, I love Juszczyk. Okay, uh, the defense between this, the Lions and the 49ers. This is actually closer to. than I thought it would, but obviously... The, the, obviously the Niners, because you have Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, talk about Hall of Famers. Now, they they have not been the same team this year. I don't know what's going wrong. But the Lions have Aiden Hutchinson. If you have enough time, and Brock, even Brock Purdy, who's not the biggest downfield thrower, if you have enough time, anybody can pick apart that Lions secondary. I don't think the Niners have as glaring a weakness. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go 49ers on this yeah. one, too, just because you can throw on the Lions, and so we're the same there. And finally, Coach who do you give the edge to between Dan Campbell and Kyle Shanahan? Gosh, they're almost exact opposites yep, in a sense. Uh, I, I'll go Kyle Shanahan, whose playoff record is improving year by year. He has a lot of experience in this situation. I know he's blown it in this situation, but I think he's going to have a really good game plan offensively to protect Purdy. Uh, I, I give a big edge to the Niners here. I'm going to go Dan Campbell. More aggressive, maybe better clock management. That's the thing with Kyle in these big games. Yep. The clock management, the use of timeouts or lack thereof, it can be maddening. It's the one sort of blight on his mm-hmm. record, if you will, or on his resume, rather. And Dan Campbell, love it or hate it, 
You know what's happening. They're going for it on fourth downs. They're yep. going to be super ultra aggressive. I think that's how you have to play if you want to win this game uh, on the road. I see a time management mistake coming for Mr. Campbell. <laughs> you know he's a wild man there on the sideline. You never know. What do you think about the matchup? 49ers, Lions, see you guys on the phones. We also get back into Jim Harbaugh. What does this mean for the Michigan Wolverines? Now the coach is leaving for the Chargers. Don't move.